Hello, sweet ones, and welcome to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and I have created this space to nourish you with guided meditations, to support your healing journey with Reiki practices, and to inspire, lead, and teach developing healers and intuitives. I invite you now to breathe deeply, to open your mind, to expand your heart space, and to call your soul to rise to the surface as you settle in to receive these offerings. Let's get started. Hello, hello, sweet ones, and welcome back to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and I am so grateful that you are here. Today, I feel so fortunate to be bringing on a guest who is a mentor and dear friend of mine, Shay Savage. Uh, she is a kundalini priestess and ceremonialist. She is really one who holds space for wild ones. And we are going to be touching on how to live in wholeness as a woman, as a mother, how to integrate the light, the dark, the fullness, the embodiment of who we really are. So Shay, thank you so much for hopping on here today with me. I'm so excited to share you with my audience. Thank you, my love. It's such an honor to be here. And I'm really happy that this all aligned exactly as it needed to. So Shay is a mother and you've been in this world of Kundalini work and ceremonial work for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, decade, do, yeah. Okay, do you want to share <laughs> kind of the background and, and any relevant pieces of your story that you feel called to share that has brought you to this point of wanting to talk about this today? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So before we come into the storytelling, I would love for us to just take a moment as a collective to bring our eyes inwards and find our breath and our bodies, taking some deep inhales through the nose and opening the mouth wide as you sigh, moan, or tone. (sighs) And allowing yourself to land into this beautiful body temple, this sacred place of bone, of blood, and of flesh, rooting down into receiving rooting down into hearing some stories and remembering that one of the best ways for us to share knowledge and to learn from one another is to listen to each other's stories. We can find a deeper connection in community sometimes through these beautiful ways of passing information. And so I'd love for all of us that are listening to imagine that we are gathered around a big and beautiful sacred fire. We are connected through a circle of sisterhood of women and of our beloved ancestors. Imagining for this moment that we can hear the crackle of the fire, we can feel the coldness on our cheeks, and we can see the starry sky and the full moon radiating above us as we gather to sing, to dance, to play, to listen, to learn, to release, and to grow. (sighs) And so with that being said, my journey has been this beautiful decade of weaving in um, the medicine of Kundalini Yoga 
and my ancestry of pagan descent in the Celtic and Slavic roots. And so for me, it has been a deep remembrance of my purpose and who I am and who I know myself to be. And so maidenhood for me has been the primarily focus of my life. Um, And so I'm recently initiated into the mothering role uh, with my babe, but yet I have been mothering a community for many, 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 many moons. And so moving forward through these initiatory stages and fumbling through my dark nights of the soul and my deep deep integrations with the dark mother or the dark feminine or however you want to personify that have really led me to embodying the wild aspects and the primal nature of myself and through kundalini yoga and through these activations that has been such a big gateway in opening and cracking open the space within me to find the darkness, to find the depths, to find the pieces that need tending to and mothering within myself and allowing these two aspects of the light and the dark to interweave. And so what I've found is that through the initiatory process um, and the deep conscious deaths that being a new member has brought forth and continues to evolve into is that there needs to be more space for us to work in this wild unknown, this darkness, these beautiful depths along our path so that we can embrace this nurturing mother. We can embrace um, sort of this divine aspect of self in the way that we want to show up and mother our young. And so I think for me, having those small experiences in tending to my own self and tending to communities um, through the work that it is that I do, coming into my perceived notions of what a mother is and um, all the ways that I was yet to be mothered by my own um, kin and trying to embody sort of not the ultimate mother, but you know, the, the mother that that is that benevolence, that mother that is in her radiance. I think coming in with that expectation that that was how I was going to step into mothering really did a disservice to my wild self. It really did a disservice to my wild woman. And so I think that moving through these initiation processes, so my path of motherhood has been really, really soul shocking. <laughs> and it has brought forth so much um, immediacy in the moment, the present moment and nervous system resetting and nervous system repair um, that it was making that wild unknown, this primal self made known even more than before. And so yeah, I mean, I'm on a tangent right now, but <laughs> that is sort of what um, I think is a really key piece to normalize in motherhood is that we can have these expectations and these imageries. And, you know, a lot of the women that I work with are constantly in reparenting mode and they're really conscious of how they don't want to mother or if they do want to 
whether that means birthing children or whether that means mothering a community or um, mothering their business. There's all of this crumbling of the old ways of, of how a mother would show up in her and in, tend to the hearth of her home, how a mother would show up and, and be present for her family or lack of presence. And so I think we are bombarded with this ideal of the divine mother and how that quote unquote looks. And then we put our own spins on that. And in reality, it's coming back to this openness of all is worthy and all is welcome, meaning we're not bypassing this wild and dark side, this primal aspect side that has needs that is going to be in her rage if her needs are not being heard, seen, met, or even acknowledged. And then we get into this internal battle. And I really, now that I'm, I'm here in this moment sharing about it, from my own personal postpartum, what I was thinking was depression was really this deep disconnection of the ideals that I had and what I was capable of showing up to do and provide for my baby and for my family. And so, yeah, this wild woman was just (laughs) in her wild aspect and it was wreaking the sense of havoc inside of me. And so I'm really yeah, I'm really interested in sharing more about holding the tension between that benevolent, nurturing, loving mother and this wild aspect of self where she needs tending to as well. She needs space to run free. She needs to howl. She needs to scream. She needs to move through the processes of grief and decomposition so that the nurturing mother can also be held in the same breath. Yeah, well, first, before we go forward, I just want to point out like even just the way that you visually sat us around the fire like as soon as you start speaking I am like transported Um, you are such a powerful leader and guide and I appreciate that so much about you and it really anchored me in Um, so I wanted to celebrate that in you Um, and then for some people who are maybe new to this language Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know for myself, my first sort of initiation into uh, shamanism or into even living in rhythms with nature was through motherhood, was through, I was struggling so much. And one of my mentors at the time, um, I met with her and I was like, oh my goodness, my marriage is over. Everything's cracking. Everything's falling apart. And she was like, is this a winter? Like maybe there's a spring on the other side. And I had never gone through this kind of darkness before. I had never known rage until I became a mother. Mm-hmm. And my there were moments where my whole being was on fire. And so holding that tension between like something new was being born in me. This, when you're saying like initiations, it's like you are walking through the fire, you are being transformed by life. Mm-hmm. And so there's aspects of me that are like completely transforming. And then at the same time, you know, not even necessarily the divine mother, but ideas of like the Pinterest perfect mother. Yes, yes. Right? I want to show up with my hair done and like fancy cupcakes and all this and like, I come rolling in as like a hot mess with 
tears streaking down my face and I've just like raged at my husband and my kids are in their pajamas and someone's like pooped up their back. And I'm like, what is this? This is not what I thought it would be. And it was through motherhood. It was through these moments of like complete breakdown and breaking apart and rebirthing, like becoming new myself. Like I had never understood that concept of rebirthing mm -hmm. who you are. And instead our culture usually talks about bouncing back. Yeah. But there's no going back. Oh. You are moving in an evolution, right? And so you're not, you're not going back to who you were. You are like taking this quantum leap into becoming this whole new person, this whole new role, this whole new place. Like it's wild. And, and it's not often talked about, right? A lot of people don't know about the rage that might come, about the, what will maybe feel like depression, about this might be the first time that you are living through a winter in your marriage or in your mental health or in all these different aspects. Absolutely. How do we do this? Like, how do we hold the, the tension, the opposites between you know, this divine mother archetype, but then also maybe for the first time dealing with rage and darkness and like dark night of the soul stuff where you're just like, whoa. Yeah. I full, full heartedly hear that and agree completely. And I think it's a big, um, I don't want to use the word fantasy, but a lot of motherhood is glamorized before <laughs> you take that initiation. And I think that the, the biggest piece is coming into normalization of processes within the psyche and within your own self, because I, I really do feel like that being born for the first time like you had referred to, that is your initiation. You are coming in not only as your baby, this newborn baby, but you are no longer who you know yourself to be because guess what? There's a new baby and you might have multiple children. And so I think the, the delicate piece is the surrendering to the death. So your maiden and ideally back in the way back when with our beloved ancestors who would hold um, rites of passage, we would have these rites of passage where we can fully honor the initiation into motherhood. We can be fully honored and held in the death of, of who we once were and be supported in a community of um, souls or kin that help us raise not only ourself, but raise the children. And I know that that is a piece that our Western society is really, really um, absent on, unfortunately, and it makes it way more harder. And I know that both of us definitely have felt the strain of that. Um, so I think that a having this reference of 
the pressurized, the depressurization of like, I'm not actually meant to do this alone. There is this piece of remembrance of at one time in my lineage, in the way back when there was a community helping out, there were elders and there were other children and there were other mothers. And so there was this normalization of supports when you needed to rest, you could rest. And now in this day and age, what does that look like? I feel strongly that it's a preparation. So then sort of nine months that you're pregnant, give or take, there is a, a process of focusing on a state of preparation. So how can we get really clear in what it is that we are going to potentially need on the other side of this? If you are coming from a place of, I'm not going to know who I am anymore. And I am going to dissolve into this cocoon. I'm going to be this bucket of goo as I form my wings, to use a caterpillar metaphor. Um, What structures could I put in place for perceived needs? And so I think that the preparation, spending, (laughs) spending the nine months, not necessarily planning the baby's room, not planning these things that you feel like, oh, this is going to be really important, but really taking care of what is my mental health? Do I need to invest in, um, you know, counseling or some form of mental health support so that on the other side of this, I know that I have a new foundation to at least reference, even though I might not be the same person. And I think that when we meet these big, big emotions that are so raw and they're so real, likening them to the intensity of our environment that we can see brought forth. So sometimes we have these intense windstorms here in Squamish and they are like 90 K winds and they are whipping through and it feels like your whole house is shaking and you are just like on the inside of your home and you're like, I am so grateful for the wood that built this house. I am so grateful for the foundation that is cemented, rooted, strong. And so when we come up with these big emotions like rage and grief and um, the sense of hopelessness at times, because we're looking for a reference point of who we used to be or who we know ourselves to be. And it's not there, that wild unknown where you are in the dark chambers, likening that to a windstorm or a, you know, really big, um, really big, uh, what am I saying? Not astrological event, but an external event in our environment where we can come back to our breath in the moment. We can come back to, Hey, my body is here. This I know to be true. I can feel my body. I can feel my bones. I can feel my blood, even though I don't necessarily recognize it. I know that I am here in my body or attempting to come back into this breath of regulation. Um, I really think that how we hold the tension when we're, let's say, outside of this newborn stage. So allowing yourself to surrender and cocoon and and rest and rest and rest and just absolve into the bed and be be as in a state of receptivity. So as much as your baby is looking to receive from you, you are looking to receive from your support systems. So it's like, you are now also needing to be taken care of. And I think that that's a misconception in motherhood where it's like, well, I'm now outpouring and caring for this new thing and no one is outpouring and caring for me. So who's taking care of mama? We need to make sure that that mama is being taken care of so that when the wild woman shows up and when these big emotions come, 
we have a safe place to put our babe. We have some, somebody that we can speak to. Maybe we can be outside and we can remember that all of the big emotions are so normal, especially in a history of women's oppression. <laughs> We're coming into International Women's Day. So really important that we acknowledge like how much women's voices and autonomy and sovereignty have been oppressed and um, we've been subjugated. So all of this comes up it's all in the womb and it's all part of this birth process so giving the wild woman an outlet and not fearing her when she comes up but really being like oh I have heard about this I've heard the story from other women I I know that this piece is normal I know that I can handle the intensity of or the bigness of my own emotions because I can handle the bigness of my baby's emotions um I don't know if that really yeah totally well, I think, like you said, normalizing that this aspect comes through for as far as I know, 100% of mothers that I have spoken to have <laughs> felt this. And so normalizing it so that you know, because I know in the hardest parts for me, I thought it was just me. I thought mm -hmm. I was the only one who was struggling with a marriage after a baby or struggling with body issues. Like, and I know that sounds ridiculous because there's so many body issues, but you can feel really isolated and there's a sense of shame that actually makes you like draw back more when what you need is the community. You need to be more immersed and supported. And, and when we don't know, when we think we're alone, we actually tend to draw back and like try to hide it because there can be a sense of shame around it. Like I'm not supposed to be raging and falling apart. I'm a mother now. Yeah, right? like, well, yeah you're a mother now. This is <laughs> gonna happen. I love how you said using the nine months-ish to prepare for, you know, really for not just the arrival of the baby, but for the transition that you're gonna be moving into. And I think we get so hyper-focused on preparing for the birth and preparing the nursery and mm -hmm. all of that, that it does get missed, especially with first time mothers where it's like, we have this wild notion that, oh, we'll just like keep working and we're gonna keep doing this and keep doing this and keep doing this. And it's just not setting us up for success not setting us up for nourishment, not setting us up to have our needs met. Um, yeah, so like building in that safe place to put your baby when you are having one of those storms blow through your life, right? A safe place where you can like go into your metaphorical home and just like root down and wait for that storm to pass. And I love that you use the idea of the storm same with that idea of winter, we start to connect to these seasons and then you remember, like spring always returns. Yeah. The, the rainstorms eventually run out of water, the windstorm always calms down eventually, right? Okay. But for a moment, you're like, my walls are rattling, my roof might blow off. So like, what can I do to anchor into what is real and trust that the storm will pass, that the spring will come? that it'll, it'll come full circle. And, you know, it gives us kind of this bigger perspective of life. Absolutely. And there's so much power in that. 
I think it's just a remembrance of you are not separate from nature. And I think that we have been really, really programmed to feel like we need to reconnect to nature instead of just accept radical acceptance. Like I am nature. I, that I don't need to reintegrate. I just am. Yes. <laughs> How do we open to receive that remembrance and that acknowledgement? And I, I absolutely agree. Like referencing the, the seasons, not only in your bleed time, but in your life cycle. And I wanted to just speak to sometimes our seasons last a long time. They last more than like three months. Um, Sometimes you get snow in March. March. If you're in Squamish, you know. (laughs) And and I, I think the misconception too about the postpartum piece is for me, I thought it was going to be immediate as a first time mother. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait. And if it's not here by three months, like we're good. And for me, it came a lot later and it lasted for almost a year and a half. And so that was like a really big piece. And, you know, if we look at depression, it means deep rest, like depression is just asking for deep rest. And so depending on your upbringing and your experiences in life and whatever, you know, intergenerational trauma you're carrying through your epigenetics, um, it's your nervous system has just gone through this entire, like birth is trauma, but not in, it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Like it is a traumatic experience. Um, it's quite big and it is in, although it's beautiful and it can be very miraculous and pleasurable and all the things, there's still a giant shift that is happening that the body is undergoing. And so I think that a big piece is the exhaustion that we get from motherhood and the, the disconnection or disassociation that we have is really our nervous system asking to take all of these years and rest that we never rested before and it's like fucking reset woman (laughs) (laughs) and then instead of bouncing back like you referenced or upholding this ideal of what I should you know shitting on yourself um be like as a mother and really honoring what is in the present moment and that is the wildness like she doesn't always have to come in this fit of rage. She doesn't always come in these big, giant, wild expressions. She can come in those quiet moments where she's like, are you resting? Have you hibernated? Have you tuned inside? Like what seeds are you planting so that I can grow and, you know, be that protective, you know, wolf pack and be that energy of um, play and provision and grace and still hold this wild component as a mother. I love that. I'm what I'm hearing is like attuning to the nature inside you instead of just trying to control it. Right. Talk about like (laughs) we try to control nature outside of us and then (laughs) think we're disconnected. Nature is in us and starting to attune to the rhythms and the whispers. And I think on the other side of that is like a deeper power. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like such a more powerful woman and human (coughs) since undergoing this initiation of motherhood. Absolutely. So we glorify this idea of bouncing back, but the evolution and what it pushes us forward into if we surrender to it is like a deeper power and unshakable trust in ourselves, in nature, 
in life and it just opens us up to new possibilities so there is so much beauty to step into mm-hmm. with it yeah. and when you were speaking i just saw you rooted down as the tree because with the whirlwind of evolution of children and knowing you need to be the tree you are the now you are holding the space to contain their wildness so i feel like your wildness shows up in the newborn stage and we can have this new set of foundation of root building and of reconnection and regulation so that as they grow, you know, your babies are a bit older than my babies, but um, I'm in the toddler stage. And so those wild emotions, I am rooting down. So I'm not getting caught up in the storm with him, but I can hold the ground because I know what it's like to be in the wild, unpredictable, deep emotions. So, so it's prepared you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm. Such juicy topics. I know. I would love to have you back on to dive into so many more things. I have just soaked up so much wisdom and inspiration from you over the last couple of years that we have spent in sisterhood and in shared space. Um, Mutual sister. So mutual for today is there any any final piece that you would like to leave us with Hmm. i think just coming back to remembering remembering that however you are showing up as a mother or whether that is an intentionality that you want to bring forth into your life that making space for the pieces of you that are, I don't want to say the way that you were in your maidenhood, the way that you were pre-mother, but that sense of joy and freedom and playfulness that we quite often cultivate in maidenhood, allowing that to be integrated through the wildness. So allowing more play and more flow to come back into your life. So the mother can hold, she doesn't have to be this authoritarian mother. She doesn't have to be a completely passive mother or anything like that. She can hold the tension of both. And she can hold the tension of the wild, playful, curious, sensual, excited parts of you that are full of vitality. And she can hold the boundaries and she can hold the mothering peace and the nurturing mother. I think just allowing that to be a seed in your potential or a seed in your mind if, and in your womb, if that is something that you are longing for on the journey or that you envision for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. Shay, thank you so much. Sending you so much love. Thank you so much, Liz. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>